0: Have you ever gone out with someone who's throwing out huge red flags every few minutes that you woefully ignored? Worse yet,
1: have you let these red flags completely slide until it ended in a toxic dumpster fire disaster? Well, meet David, who took Laura on one of the worst dates of
0: her life. This is Thirsty the Podcast, David the Disaster. Hello, everyone. So... I have a great story for you today about somebody I dated who was basically waving a red flag at me constantly. I ignored those red flags and continued to date him.
1: Yeah. And then uh, funnily, this guy showed you his red flags before y'all had even met. It was very clear that he was toxic. He was terrible. We were like, why are you even talking to this person? Um, So today we're going to talk about that story because it's pretty good. Uh, We're going to meet David. Let's get ready for that.
0: Mm-hmm. So I was fresh off of a breakup. It was the middle of a pandemic. I was pretty sad. It wasn't matching with anybody. I was really that interested. And then one night I matched with David on Hinge. He seemed pretty cute. Um, we messaged a little bit and we quickly got onto a video call just to kind of see what the other person was like before we went down, you know, talking more, which is totally normal, especially in the middle of a pandemic. And we chit-chatted on FaceTime. He seemed pretty fun, except he asked me to stand up and twirl around for the camera, which I felt pretty weird about. Um, But he reminded me that he was standing there. So if he could do it, why couldn't I? So I stood up and did a little twirl and was done and felt kind of weird about it. But the rest of the conversation had been pretty fun. So I was like, this is fine. Um, And then he asked me if I would ever braid my hair in two braids like Pippi Longstocking. And I laughed and said, definitely not. Um, That is not something that I would do. Um, Thanks for asking, though. Filed it away (laughs) in my brain as kind of strange. And then, you know, kind of moved on. We decided that, you know, we would hop off the call and I could text him if I still wanted to chat. And I think within 15 minutes, he had texted me saying, what, no text, Um, as if I was supposed to immediately hop off this call and start texting him which was strange. But I just filed away the red flag and continued to um, text with him. I kind of took the bait. Two days later, I was texting him a picture of me with my hair in braids. Um, He was real happy about it. I felt kind of weird about it. Um, uh, And it was clearly the start of... David realizing he could kind of push me outside of my comfort zone a little bit and be a kind of a little aggressive and controlling, which I didn't really want to look at at the time, um, but was out there. Like, he he let it known from the beginning that that's kind of who he was. And I just chose to ignore those warning signs and continue to talk to him. Because, again, he seemed cute and fun. So what could go wrong? Right. Well, I mean, A this lot. is the part of the story That's where you tell time. us you like shut it down, right? You, you told him to get lost and he was done, right? Totally. Yeah. I was like, delete my braids picture and move on. Um, no, unfortunately, we continued to talk and continued to text. And the texting ramped up. Um, it was definitely some boundaries that were pushed. Um, definitely got really sexual really fast. Um Totally pushed by David, um, and I went along with it. Um, Again, winter and a pandemic, we do what we have to do. Um, At that time, my house was leaking from multiple places, from all the snow we'd had, so I was like a super sad person, isolated in my house, texting with David. Um, And within about five days of us matching, um, David was on his way over to my house for our first quote-unquote date. It's not really a date when they come to your house for the first time. Yeah, I don't I don't really know what you call that situation. Yeah, I don't know. In the middle of the day on a Saturday, totally normal, totally normal. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so, you know, what was interesting is that, you know, we were both like what's it going to be like when we meet? Are we going to like click or whatever? And it felt very comfortable from the point when he walked into my house, like I felt really comfortable around him. Um, I didn't get any major, you know, any red flags or there wasn't the awkwardness when you meet someone. Um, it was very comfortable and very easy right away, which I'm like, this is great. We have such great in-person chemistry. Um, so he stayed over for a while. Some stuff happened. Um <laughs> Had some fun. Um, we had some good conversation, whatever. Um, and then um, he left. And we left it at a good point. He's like, you look better in person than you did on in your pictures. You're really cute. We had fun. Like, totally positive. I felt really good about it. I messaged friends. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be so sad if this doesn't work out. I really like him. He was really cute. He's really fun. Whatever. Like, I thought that this was, you know, a thing. Like, that, I, you know, I wasn't concerned about him coming to my house Yeah. And like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So nothing's open. It's not like we could have had a really normal date at that point. Not many restaurants were open. Couldn't sit outside because we're in Chicago. It's February. Um, So home dates were kind of the norm at that point. Um, Yeah. So I didn't really take that as a big red flag for how things started. It's just kind of how people were dating at that point in the pandemic. So yeah, I liked him. I felt good about it. I'm like, This is somebody I'm going to date. He knows I have kids. It's totally fine. Like everything felt good and normal and fun, and that we connected really well. Um, And then the next day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, what What happened the The next
0: day? Tone changed. All of a sudden, this like super chatty, sweet, sometimes racy text turn into like one word answers. um, A really like mean bitmoji kind of asking like, who's this? Um, which I did not think was very nice. And by kind of letting him know that I thought his texts weren't very nice, his response was, why are you being weird? Like, what's the big deal? Like, he kind of turned it around on me as if I was being really clingy and then wanted to let me know that, you know, we were in different life places as far as responsibilities and that he wasn't looking for anything serious, which was weird because we had never had any conversations about expectations. I had never said that I'm looking to find my next boyfriend. And I was very clear. I'm like, I'm just, you know, happy to have someone I connect with. I'm like, I'm not looking for a husband or for a boyfriend. Like, you know, I just thought we had fun. Um, I definitely was not clingy or turning it into more than it was. We had known each other for less than a week. Like, yeah, it was what it was. It was a situationship at best at that point with someone that I thought we both connected well and liked each other. So Mm -hmm. him getting weird so fast was so strange because up until that point, it was like, you know, pretty attentive texting and connecting. So it was very strange. Well, I was just going to say
1: that what's kind of interesting is that like, you were open to like a more casual just for fun situation, but it, it it seems to work better when it's like a good person that's nice to you that like they really are your friend. Like maybe it's not like the big love of your life, but you enjoy each other and are nice to each other. But he was it was not that with him like he was being actually mean.
0: Yeah, I think for him to flip so quickly. To make presumptions about what I must be looking for and to assume that I wanted him to be my boyfriend and all of these things and that I was turning it really serious I was so confused because that definitely had never been discussed. And it, like, I think you meet people that you want to be more serious with, or you meet people where it's fun for a, a few dates, like it can kind of go either way. And unless somebody's very clear, like I'm dating to find a significant other, and that's all I want, then put up a red flag and be like, this isn't what I'm looking for. But that wasn't our dynamic. It was pretty light and fun from the beginning. So I was really confused how he turned it around into something more than it was, um, Right. So I should have taken that point in this interaction. It was there was a lot of questioning of what was wrong with me that I would want to keep on talking to him when our lives were different or he didn't want a girlfriend or when he clearly does want a girlfriend. But <laughs> yeah. He wanted to pose that he didn't want a girlfriend or yeah, or he didn't want me as a girlfriend or whatever his issue was. Um was just really confusing. And again, I that is another juncture in this um situation with David where I should have Backed away and said, thanks, but no thanks and moved on. Yeah, but I didn't. And we kept on texting kind of, you know, ignored how rude he'd been. I think he flipped back into being a little bit friendlier, sometimes not as friendly. Sometimes, hey, what are you up to? Other times kind of nasty to me. But we definitely were still texting every day like it was in and him initiating texting. It wasn't like I was reaching out to him and he was pity texting me back. He was reaching out to me and asking what I was up to or what was going on. so um, clearly there was interest from his part and it wasn't something where I was I was pushing the interactions in any way, shape or form. Um, But I definitely should have, you know, paused for a minute and tried to figure out what I really wanted at that point and maybe assess that this person was not who I wanted. Um, But We continued talking. We continued talking about maybe seeing each other again. Text got a lot racier again. Like there was a lot happening over text message during that time on some things that I probably wouldn't normally feel comfortable with. But again, I was like, well, I like him and it's fun. And this is a light and fun relationship and it's totally fine. Um, And we continued. Yeah,
1: I just want to stop you right there though, because I remember there were a few of us
0: texting. Because there's a few of us gals mm-hmm. that are
1: friends and divorced and dating, and I remember at one point we we're like, "Is this fun?" Because we, ask- we kept asking, we kept asking, we like, "Why are you giving this guy the time of day?" Like he's kind of a jerk, you know. And I remember you yeah. you said a few mm-hmm. times, "You're like, well, the chemistry is there. The chemistry is so fun. And I think if he would just calm down, it would it would be great. Except he was he had this really mean side." Um, yeah, we should talk about that. Like, cause like, this is also the juncture where like you shut it down. Right. Cause he wasn't being that nice, but I know you went out with him one more time.
0: Well, he was showing me so many different sides of himself. Like he was showing me like, you know, again, nice, sweet little check-ins, a picture of, you know, things that he was up to, or, you know, he had a lot of hobbies and interests. So he would kind of let me, oh, I did this tonight. Or like, again, it was very friendly texting, Or it was very different kinds of texting that can be fun. And so I was, you know, feeling I was getting a lot of mixed signals from him and it was confusing. But the stuff that I didn't like, I just pushed out of the way because there were things there that I absolutely did like. And in person, when he cut away the sarcasm and he cut away this other stuff that was going on or some of the meanness, We connected really, really well in person, one-on-one, where I was like, we had real conversations, like real deep, fun, good, solid connecting conversations. And that's where it got so confusing of all of this hot and cold, because in person, I knew what that connection was like. And so that's why I was like, y'all just don't understand. Like, yes, he's saying this over text and it's weird and I don't understand it. But in person, it was just so great. And I really felt like if we hung out again, some of this weirdness would kind of, you know, take care of itself and that, you know, we clearly would both acknowledge that, you know, it was a good connection and we should keep on seeing each other, whether it was more casual or serious or whatever, like that we connected well enough to spend some more time together. So despite how horrible he was being, we made plans to hang out again at his place And during that time, I was getting texts from him again of, what's wrong with you? I'm so guilty because I only want to sleep with you. I don't want to date you. Um, You know, what's wrong with you for wanting to see me? And I'm giving this whole spin of, I'm an adult and we're adults and I'm not looking to try and make you my boyfriend. And, I, you know, like we can still hang out, like trying to justify, like, I'm not a bad person for not wanting to make you my boyfriend. Like I can casually date somebody, too. Like, that's OK. Um, he one time texted me a picture of dating tips for single parents that he saw in Good Morning America. That was a nice one. Um So I was getting all kinds of strange, crazy things from him leading up to um that our second and final date, um, if you want to call it a date. So, yes, yeah, so I have an Uber down to his place and I think I got the instructions on how to actually find his apartment in the high rise um, about a minute before my Uber arrived. I was getting real nervous because I only knew the address of his building. I didn't know his unit number. I didn't know the rules for his building and that he wasn't responding to my text. So I was a little worried I was going to show up and not know where to go. Um, but the last minute, he let me know um his info, and I went up to his place, and he'd ordered a pizza for us. He was being super friendly. Um, it was um, you know, fun conversation. Talked about stuff that was going on in his life. He was friendly. He had a jigsaw puzzle out. He likes to do puzzles, so we worked on his puzzle for a bit <laughs> randomly. Watched some TV. Um, but then he had me give him a massage, which was kind of weird. Um, like he had like back problems and so he needed help because he couldn't miss like massage out part of his back or something. So it was a little odd. It was like a little demanding, which is a definitely a side of David's personality is kind of being a little more of a demanding needy person. So did that, did some other stuff, had a lot of fun again, connected well in person. There were no red flags on us together. Like we personality wise when everyone was being real, connected very well, and then he went back to his puzzle, working on his puzzle, and looked at the clock and said, "You know what? It's eleven o'clock. It's getting kind of late. I have an early um, day tomorrow. Um, I think I think you're lingering, which is not really what anyone wants to hear after they've been hanging out with someone. Like there are so many other ways that that could have been said." It wasn't nice. Um, so I called my Uber and then he. Well, just like think about it,
1: like someone that you're on a date with. And it's not even first date. It's like a second date. And then they tell you you're lingering, like essentially get out. Like how rude and terrible is that? Like mm-hmm. I, I can't even believe he thought that was okay to say to you.
0: I had let him know that I had boarded my dog for the night because I had a little puppy. He's like, are you trying to sleep over? It's like, no no, wow, I just terrible you know, of you. Don't, <laughs> a, why is that so wrong? B, no, I'm not, because you probably would be really mean in the morning. And C, <laughs> I'm just letting you know like what's going on in my life. I boarded the dog yeah. for the evening. I'm not making I didn't bring my toothbrush. I might have brought a toothbrush yeah. just in case. It's just flexible. in
1: case. So <laughs> everyone needs a toothbrush on dates. No matter what. There are certain things you must always bring in. A toothbrush is one of them.
0: Yeah, it was just, but he didn't have to know that. He didn't know that. And I certainly would never stay if we both didn't want to do that. Like, whatever. We're all adults here. Um, But, yeah, so was, you know, was I lingering? Blah, blah, blah. It was time for me to leave. Oh, you took an Uber here. What's, why didn't you drive? Why did you spend money to come here? Kind of another what's wrong with you comment, which was so weird. So he was the worst. So I call an Uber. And during that time we're talking and I basically let him know, I'm like, you are making me feel terrible the way that you're talking to me. I'm like, you, we connect so well in this way. And then at other times I'm like, you're really sarcastic with me. I'm like, you're mean to me. Like, I don't understand what's going on here. Um, And he let me know that, you know, he didn't like me. He would never date me. His therapist had told him not to invest time with people where there was no future, AKA me. (laughs) apparently, um, was just saying all this horrible stuff to me. Like, I've never been spoken to that way in my life. And I was just, yeah, to the point where I had, you know, some, some tears appear because um it was really gross. It was really uncomfortable. I didn't know why I had bothered to come because I really had thought we had a good connection. And even if that had ultimately been the last time we saw each other, no matter what happened, I would have never thought I would have been spoken to in that way in person by somebody. It was very cold. It was very callous. He's literally sitting there and like working on a puzzle and saying, I will never date you. I don't like you. I'm like, what is happening here? It was so awkward and uncomfortable. My car's delayed. I'm like waiting for my Uber and... They couldn't find a driver. I think we had to wait for another driver. It was like a whole thing just to get a car to go home. And I'm standing there like, get me out of here. I was probably messaging you, Heather. I'm like,
1: ah. yeah, you were. You were like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I was like, I'll be your Uber driver. I'll be there in a minute. Yeah.
0: I think you did offer to let me sleep over at your house that night. I did. I was like, I should just have come gone over. to your house. Yeah.
1: Oh, that would have been so much better. You would have had a better time.
0: Yes. Okay. So you he hugged you, didn't he? Yes. So I went to leave, get my shoes on, coat on as fast as I can. Um, And I go to leave and then he leans in for a hug as like, this was fun. And I'm like, what is happening here? Like, how is this interaction and this coldness and this cruelness turning into I'm going to give you a nice, friendly goodbye hug. Like, it was so awkward. So we did the whatever awkward hug, got my stuff, and ran out of there. And I was like, this is a terrible situation. Got in my car, probably messaged you, Heather, some more about, you know, like, A, I'm out of there, heading home, B, this was terrible, Um, get home, and then he still texted me more after that for quite a few days um, until it was clearer I had gone out on other dates and he made some nasty comments to me about how well you've a boyfriend now and then stopped talking to me. So you lingerer <laughs> I mean, if we're, if we're going to call somebody a lingerer, I think David is a text lingerer because he was the one always texting me like I wasn't initiating most of our interactions. It was him reaching out to me completely out of the blue. I might not hear from him for a day or two. And all of a sudden he's texting me again, like, look at this condo I want to buy. Or what do you think about this for me? Like, Just reaching out for random stuff that didn't make any sense because we weren't dating and he was very clear he did not like me. So uh, do you not have friends to text? Like it didn't make any sense. I mean, I feel like that definitely goes in the category of
1: the very worst date. Like that was a bad date.
0: (laughs) It was bad. I mean, I've had some weird ones, but never anywhere the person I was with was making me Feel bad about myself for spending time with them like that was such a confusing situation and as one of our other friends pointed out like usually this is when guys are really nice to you because like you're dating and we've it, it was so confusing to have somebody be to invite you over to turn around and be so mean to you like it's like what's the end result that he was going for I don't know, like, I don't, I don't understand it again, but what you couldn't see because you weren't there, like you saw the texts from him and you heard me tell you stuff like, again, one-on-one when he wasn't being super rude to me, he was so nice and so fun. And it just never made any sense to me. And I think, again, that's why I needed to like go and see him again in person to be like, who is this person? Like, why did we initially connect? And then it was very clear by the end of that second date that I don't know who that person is. that person probably doesn't know who he is um and it was not a good situation for me to be in so um all all good for all of us to have it end after that date um and i learned a lot from myself of not putting myself in situations where i think we have quote unquote chemistry because um we didn't that's not chemistry it was not okay <laughs>
1: Well let's, well, let's talk about this a little bit. Okay, so there, you did learn some things. Let's talk about some – let's benefit from your terrible, most terrible date. So there's a lot to mm-hmm. talk about here. You know, one big thing is that, like, it was obvious to all of your friends that this guy was bad news. He was being mean to you. There were some major red flags. And I know one-on-one he had moments where he was really nice and real, and those were great – but the bad yeah. stuff was like it was like red flags just waving all over the place. Um why did you keep why did you keep going with him? You know, when he made that clear so early on? like why did you why did mm-hmm. you hang on?
0: Yeah, I mean, my very first boyfriend from high school and early college was very hot and cold with me. And when he gave me his attention, it was sweet and made me feel great. and I felt like I was the only person in the world and it just it felt so awesome. And then he would go cold on me and I would be super sad. And I was like 18, so I'm crying over this boy all the time. And then he would come back again and he'd be super sweet. And we went through that cycle a lot. And that was my first real relationship. So I think that trained me in a really bad way to, you know, I would always look back on that and go, oh. It's such great chemistry there. I wish I could find that again. And I didn't understand that that wasn't good chemistry. That wasn't a good situation. Um, So I think there were a lot of things that David did that were very similar to my first real relationship. And I loved the stuff that felt really good because most of us do like the stuff that feels really good. And we can excuse the stuff that's not so good. I think everybody makes excuses for somebody that they're in a relationship with at some point or another. And I was willing to excuse or overlook those red flags because of the things that I did like about David. I liked, you know, that we connected again. I liked that in-person connection that it felt really real when we were together. And it felt like, you know, we were personality wise really similar and there were things that just clicked really well. And even though his red flags were probably the biggest red flags I've had in any relationship or interaction I've had, I mean, these were significant but I was at a time in my life where, again, I was in kind of relationship transition or in the middle of a global pandemic. It's really hard to meet people that you connect with. Like there were a lot of reasons that I was willing to overlook some of those neg- big negatives um, for the opportunity to maybe have someone that, you know, I connected with at least, you know, for some casual dating, if nothing more. And that was kind of the right speed for me at that time in my life. So I felt like it was worth kind of working through some of the challenges if there could be something good on the other side of it.
1: Well, I think, you know, something we talked about too, that we've talked a lot about is a lot of times people bucket chemistry is it's only a good thing, but there's good and bad chemistry. There's the kind of chemistry where it's Mm -hmm. like you really connect to someone and it makes you happy. It makes you feel good and they make your life better. And then there's like when you connect with someone, but they actually make you sad or they're mean to you, or you think about it. And something that we've talked about is like, You know, we make excuses for the way sometimes other people treat us. But then you think about, would I do that to them? No. So why am I letting them do that to me? And then, like, what it boils down to is, is this just about attention? You know, like, when is it about attention and when is it about a real connection? Have you been thinking about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, I think definitely partly online dating culture puts you in a position where you're immediately, right, you're you're matching on an app and then you're messaging and different people you message for a certain amount of time before you decide to take it to a video call or an in-person date or whatever that is. And so to decide if you want to meet someone, you do a lot of that kind of back and forth messaging and, you know, what do you connect on? And I think it's really easy to invest really early on in those interactions um, to feel like you kind of gone down that path and you have some sort of connection or chemistry or whatever you want to call it. And it feels really good, especially right now with, you know, I work from home full time and I used to be in an office every day and I was used to being around a lot of other people and connecting I don't have that anymore. I'm home. Sometimes I'm home just with my kids. And those are the only people I see or talk to each day. So connecting with someone over texting is kind of a big thing right now of being able to kind of get some of that other interaction. And you can go deep real fast sometimes. And when you're connecting in that way, you don't really know what they're like in person, um, because you're not getting as much of that. So I think there's a lot of You can go down some paths you probably wouldn't normally go down and somebody can be really, really great over text and really not great in person or for David, really terrible over text and really great in person sometimes, which is also a confusing flip on that. Usually it's the opposite and they're great texters and they're terrible in person. Um, But yeah, like I think. There's just so much with how isolated we are right now and wanting that connection or that attention that feels really, really good when you're not having as much human interaction thanks to a global pandemic.
1: (laughs) Right. Which we are all in the middle of. Yes. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: And then I think something else we want to talk about is, and this is something that like both you and I have dealt with quite a bit. Um, We're both moms. We both have kids. um, We both have been married before. So a lot of times what we, and we've dated some men that have kids and we've dated men that don't have kids. And quite often this word baggage pops up. Like you'll see it on a lot of dating apps. Oh, no baggage. I don't, you know, we know what that means. That means no ex-wife, no kids. And like to me, when I see someone say no baggage, it's like, oh, you see kids, it's baggage. I don't like that. We're not going out. Um, and it also makes me think about like life experiences. Like I don't know that I want to date someone that openly says I don't have any baggage. Like I know I've been through some stuff, you've been through some stuff, and I'm proud. I'm proud of my baggage. Like I, you know, I carry it well. And I, for me, like that's a, mm-hmm. it's an issue. You know, like when someone says no baggage, or you know, and it really is true. Like dating someone without kids, it is different from dating someone who does have kids. You know, I, I'm never gonna forget like. I dated someone. It was actually like, he's a great guy. Um, we had a great connection and great chemistry, but he didn't have kids. And we had we had a problem. It was difficult because mm-hmm. at a certain point, you know, he was really weirded out by the fact that I was a mom. And he couldn't see that as just a role. Like, he was overwhelmed by the whole thing. And I remember we had a lot of trouble because the truth is we're women. And being a mom is one of the most important roles we play. But we, there's a lot more to us. There are things we care about, hobbies, passions, um, our careers, um, you know, our challenges weigh more, so much more to us than, than being a mom. And I know we both struggle to a degree at times. Dating men that don't have kids have a really hard time have, understanding that. And with David, that was kind of an issue um, if you want to talk a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, he, you know, on his, we we met on the app Hinge, and he did not have baggage anywhere on that, because that is also something that I kind of weed out when I'm trying to match with people, because I don't like the word baggage showing up. Um, But I did see his Tinder profile later, and it did have, um, you know, never married, no kids, no baggage on it. And I was like, ugh. Um, because he was somebody who definitely viewed my life as baggage. And I think he was very uncomfortable coming to my house and seeing signs that I have children in my home, which, again, was very clear from the start that I have kids 50-50 custody. They're here half the time. They do live in this home. They have belongings. Sometimes you might see some of those belongings. Like um, I'm pretty clear on boundaries with my kids and my life and keeping dating separate from that until it's the right time to integrate those things, um, which for most Relationships, it's never going to happen because they're never going to make it to that point where I would even bring my kids into the equation. But to date me is to know that I'm a mom. I've got kids. I have other responsibilities. I have other things happening in my life, but I'm also a person and I'm someone who dates and I don't go on dates to sit and talk about my kids all the time, but I might tell one funny story about them. And it's important to be able to do that and to be with someone who is comfortable with hearing those things because that is absolutely part of myself. And actually somebody I dated after David was very clear to tell me that, you know, being a mom and my kids was part of who I was. And you know, that's so important for me to be proud of and be comfortable with because David made me feel really uncomfortable about that after this thing ended. Because I felt, you know, it makes you feel bad about yourself to have someone who only wants to know p- pieces of you. And he only wanted to know the certain pieces that he felt comfortable with. He didn't want to know all of it. He didn't want me to mention my children at all, did not want to talk about them, did not want them referenced, um, which is a really uncomfortable situation to be in. And again, a situation I would not put myself in after that experience. It was the first time I'd ever experienced that. I dated people with kids and no kids, and I had never encountered anyone who referenced my life in such a negative way um which again we're all in our late 30s early 40s dating and lots of people have kids and life experiences and it makes our lives richer it makes us more real people um as a mom and dating like we've said like this could be a whole episode and probably will be at some point about dating as a parent as a mom but like As a mom, I'm super responsible. My life is together. It has to be together because I have kids to take care of. And that makes me a really solid, grounded person to to date. And someone like David couldn't see that perspective of it. All he could really see was, you know, he hadn't had those life experiences. So he didn't know how to connect and didn't really want to figure out why, which is fine. Like dating a parent isn't for everybody. But I also think you have to be conscious about what situations you put yourself in. And if you're not comfortable with it, then match with somebody else. Like there are plenty of other people out there. Like don't pursue somebody who has kids if you're not comfortable. It's 100% okay to say you're not comfortable. It's not okay to go down that road of pursuing somebody and then to make them feel bad about things about their life that you knew going into it. So yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. No, thank you.
1: (laughs) No more Davids.
0: No Davids, yeah well that's kind of what
1: we had to talk about today talking about uh chemistry what's good chemistry what's bad chemistry what's what's the difference between chemistry and just wanting attention you know how do you uh protect yourself whenever you start dating someone and it becomes very obvious that they are no good for you aren't going to give you what you need um you know and how to deal with that so thanks to everybody for listening today we're going to have some more coming your way pretty soon yep bye
0: everybody thanks bye
1: Still thirsty? Check us out on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and thirstythepodcast.com. Say hi, send a note, share a story with us, because sometimes life leaves you wanting just a little bit more.